And hello, everybody. Welcome to, well, week three of online only. I'm so glad you're with us. And, you know, before I share a couple of things, I want you to grab your Bible. And I'm going to sit today. I'm going to share from a chair. And I'm going to pretend that I'm just kind of sitting down in your living room with you and sharing the Word of God, which is the way I started in ministry so many years ago, just with home meetings and teaching in people's living rooms. And so we're going to do that right now. So grab your Bible and turn to Psalms 30. A great psalm, an incredible psalm, and we're going to begin in verse 1, but before I do, let me just share uh, once again how much I miss getting with you personally. You know, before I came up here and and stood uh, and got on the stage here and got ready for this, I was thinking how badly I miss the people in the pews. I miss the people in the chairs because it's just not the same without you. And I I so look forward, and one of my prayers is, God, um, shorten these days, shorten this crisis so that we can meet again. I mean, it's great that we can come to you the way we do right now, but there's nothing like the brethren coming together and worshiping God in the house of God. And I'm looking forward to doing that once again, sooner than later. And then also... uh, I just want to tell you that the ministry of Turning Point is moving forward. We're not letting this plague, this pestilence, stop us from ministering Jesus to a needy world. Um, Monday evening, and that means tomorrow evening, we are launching nationwide daily on Christian Satellite Network on over 400 radio stations. We're going to be in drive time in every time zone across the United States of America. So think about that. God has opened the door to do this in the worst of times. In the worst of times, grace much more abounds. God opened this door right before this plague really began to uh, grow legs and run. And um, the the door was open and the Christian Satellite Network said, look, uh, even if you can't pay, We want you on this time. So if you send a dollar, that's okay. If you send more, that's okay. But we want Life Talk on the Christian Satellite Network. So what we're doing is we're we're literally being put in Chuck Smith's uh, slot. Uh, Chuck Smith, uh, the the late pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California, who's now with the Lord, whose ministry I have always greatly admired and appreciated. And it's just a humbling honor to be put in his slot uh, nationwide. So in Pacific time, we'll be starting at 5.30, Mountain time, 6.30, Central time, 7.30, and Eastern time, uh, Eastern time, I said Easter time, Easter's on my mind, Eastern time, 8.30. And so uh, either in, in total drive time or in a very sweet radio time, we're gonna be across the nation 30 minutes a day in the evening, ministering to tens of thousands of people. And that's happening during this. And so I want to give God a praise for that. And it's so good to take his... I've always felt that God wanted us to take the word to the world. And of course, you are our number one focus and priority right here at Turning Point. But God has so blessed Turning Point that we're able to go nationwide now. And I believe the day will come, it'll be worldwide as it is already in some places. So isn't that good? Praise God. Now, today I want to talk to you about grace. And I, and I just want to call this the silver lining 
of grace. And I want to read out of Psalms 30, the first five verses. I'm reading this out of the Living Bible because it just put it in a way that was really best to understand. Listen to what David is writing, and it is immediately you're going to see a psalm giving God praise for deliverance from all kinds of trouble. And so look here. He says in verse 1, I will praise you, Lord, for you have saved me from my enemies. You refuse to let them triumph over me. Isn't that good? God does not let our enemies triumph over us. He doesn't stop them from attacking us, but he does stop them from triumphing over us. And then in verse 2, O Lord, my God, I pleaded with you, and you gave me, watch this, my health again. Verse 3, you brought me back from the brink of the grave from death itself, and here I am alive. So the psalmist is telling us that he was sick. There was something wrong. Not only did he have enemies coming at him from without, but he had an enemy within. He had a a sickness, some disease that that almost took him to the grave. And he says in verse 4, Oh, sing to him, you saints of his. Give thanks to his holy name. His anger lasts a moment. His favor lasts for life. And then the verse we all know so well, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I want you to say that in the living room, where your office, wherever you happen to be. Let's say together, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Now that's David's summation of his trial. He said, you know, I was almost down for the count. I was really in trouble from every direction, and it was a real nighttime experience, spiritually speaking, but joy came in the morning. Now, he is describing a great deliverance. He mentions enemies that would have destroyed him physically, would have assassinated him, and he praises God that he did not allow them to win. He did not allow their wicked designs to come to pass, but he also mentions, and this is for all of us that are worried about the coronavirus. Many of you uh, maybe are being tested or you know somebody that's being tested. And I want you just to hear this this word of faith now. He said, I I needed a physical healing so badly. It, It was almost, it was about to take me to the grave. And God literally saved me from the brink of death. What an incredible testimony. You gave me health again. You brought me back from the brink of death. You saved me from my enemies. So David now in this psalm is looking back in retrospect. He's looking back over this incredible trial that God allowed him to go through. And he is saying, thank God, Lord, you deliver me from enemies without and you deliver me from enemies within. You're a God of deliverance. You're a God of healing. You're a God of salvation. You have done wonderful things for me. It was nighttime, but joy came in the morning. And I want to focus on that verse, that final verse that we all know so well. Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. You know, I was thinking about the trials we passed through, and they really are like a springtime storm. You know, I woke up this morning, and it was raining out. It was very dark, and it was just a, a springtime storm. And when you look at that, and you see the clouds growing dark on the horizon, and they look ominous. And when a Texas spring storm comes, 
Uh, You hear the thunder rolling in the distance. You see the lightning flashing. The thunder rolls over the rooftops. Sometimes the windows rattle. And then the storm hits, and you try to find shelter. But when those springtime storms come, you know this for sure. This will not last. This too shall pass. This is not going to be forever. This is going to be only for a time. And then the sun is going to shine again. And David is saying, you know, sometimes we go through trials where it's just like that. The thunder is rolling. The lightning is flashing. The rain is falling. The wind is howling. But he wants us to know, though the weeping endures for a night, joy, the sun will shine again. Joy comes in the morning. Now, so we have here in this psalm the nighttime of trouble, and then we have the daytime of breakthrough. And I believe in God for that breakthrough to come to our nation and to you and to me, to Turning Point, to all of us soon. So I want to just unpack those two things, the, the nighttime of trouble and the daytime of breakthrough. He says a fact. He gives us a fact. It's a fact. Weeping endures for a night. Just because we know the Lord Jesus does not mean there's going to be, not going to be trials. It doesn't mean that we're going to be protected, insulated, put in some kind of a spiritual bubble and not experience trouble. No, that's not the promise. And there are trials that come to you and me at times and seasons in our spiritual life, in our journey with Jesus. There are trials that come that bring tears. They bring tears. They are tough trials, trials where we just can't keep that stiff upper lip anymore. And the fountains deep within us gush forth into weeping and we soak our pillows in tears. And it's a trial that reaches down and touches us in in the place that really matters. It reaches into the innermost, innermost of our being. It's a tough trial. It's when our faith is tried. David said, there are trials that last for a night. And that's a figurative statement. That night is really just a metaphor. Weeping endures for a night. A night can be a day. It can be a week. It can last a month. It can last even longer. It may be a short night or it may be a very long night. But he said, weeping happens during that nighttime trial. I was thinking about this kind of trial because I know for one thing, it's true that sometimes we as Christians go through trials that just rattle us and shake us. And this kind of trial has been called by many through the centuries, the dark night of the soul. In a dark night of the soul, our faith is tested. Everything we've learned from the teachers and preachers and what we've read is put to the test. Our theology, what we believe about God, what we believe is true from the word of God, it's tested in the dark night of the soul. That dark night of the soul comes, you don't know that it's coming. God doesn't send a messenger to put a letter in your mailbox saying, I'm letting you know that in four weeks, you're gonna have a dark night of the soul. You're gonna have a real trial. No, no, they just come. And they come unexpectedly. They come without warning like this coronavirus did. One day we could gather in church. We could minister. 
We could shake hands. We could hug one another. And then suddenly overnight, we can't meet anymore. We can't shake hands, or at least we shouldn't. Um, We're experiencing social distancing. And in a night, everything changed. And we began to experience this dark night of the soul. In the dark night of the soul, whether it's this particular trial we're experiencing all together now, or it's something that is unique to you, maybe not very many people even know about it, and maybe only you know about it, but it's a season, that dark night of the soul, where we can sometimes feel abandoned by God. It feels like the heavens are brass. Circumstances go out of our control, and we feel very insecure and very afraid in the dark night of the soul because... We're being tested. We're being tested. Do I believe about God that he delivers? Do I believe that he heals? Do I believe that he's here with me even though I don't really sense him much right now? One author writes, in a real dark night of the soul, it's always 3 o'clock in the morning. That means you can't sleep well. You feel alone. And it seems like daylight will never come. In the dark night of the soul, it always feels like it's 3 o'clock in the morning. We might be struggling to enter into his presence. We might be struggling to get anything out of the word of God. We read it and we say, God, please speak to me. And sometimes when you're in a real trial, it's hard to hear God because you're so focused on what you're going through. Losing that job, having those bills to pay, your kids going crazy on you, somebody leaving you. We feel alone. Even when we're surrounded by people, we still feel alone when it's that season of the dark night of the soul. Or we might actually truly be alone, sitting in an apartment alone or a house alone, and there's nobody to share our trials with, nobody that we can just share our hearts with in that dark night of the soul. It can be brought on by many things. Abandonment by a friend or a spouse. Somebody walks out who you thought would never leave, and it leaves you hanging and hurting, and it's a dark night of the soul. The loss of a job. You walk into a job that you've perhaps had a long time, or maybe you thought was really going to be there for you, and you get that pink slip, and suddenly everything spins, and your world falls apart, and you plunge into that dark night of the soul. A physical illness. One phone call from the doctor, and suddenly everything changes, and you find yourself in that dark night of the soul, or something ominous and unsettling like this coronavirus. It has plunged a lot of people into the dark night of their soul. But I want you to remember, keep this in mind. Here's David's point, and here's my point. The dark night of the soul is like that spring storm. It may be terrible, it may be big, but it will not last. This too shall pass. It's temporary. It's not permanent. Listen, storms are temporary, but God's grace is permanent. Storms are temporary, but God will always be there. Storms are temporary, but the Lord's faithfulness reaches to the ends of the world. Listen, storms are temporary, but the word of the Lord goes on forever. God's grace, God's promises, God's presence, God's help never fails. Amen. So if you're in a dark night of the soul right now, I want you to stay tuned because David's got some really good news for us. He says, joy comes in the morning. 
Say it again there in your living room, wherever you might be. Say it again. Joy comes in the morning. Let's all say it together. Joy comes in the morning. Just say it out loud. Tell the devil, joy comes in the morning. Tell your circumstances, joy comes in the morning. Shout it out. Joy comes in the morning. It's interesting to me that that word joy in the Hebrew language in which David wrote this, it means a ringing cry or a joyful shout. It means something happens that so is such a breakthrough, is such a blessing that it immediately changes night to day and it brings a shout of joy, not just a little whisper, well, praise the Lord, but it brings a shout. It brings a ringing cry. It brings a shout of joy. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph, the Bible says. In other words, David is saying something powerful and dynamic has happened to this person that was weeping in the night. And I'm believing that for you, and I'm believing that for our nation. The darkness is gone. When the day breaks, the clouds have passed, the sun is shining, and the weight is lifted. Joy comes in the morning. Desperation is gone. The hopelessness that has gripped you has faded. The once heavy heart is now filled with praise. God has broken through in this psalm in David's life, and it is a testimony for all of us that weeping may endure for a night. It may be brought on by many different things. It may really be a trying time. But he says, but joy is going to come. The clouds are going to part. The clouds are going to go away. The sun is going to break through. And joy is going to come in the morning. David says, let me tell you what brought a new day for me. And I'm going to repeat what we've already read, but it's so powerful. He said, you saved me from my enemies. You gave me my health again. You brought me back from the brink of the grave, from death itself. And I love these last words. Here I am alive. Here I am alive. You almost sense that David is surprised that he made it. I was at the brink of the grave, and wow, here I am all of a sudden, healed, delivered, alive. What a great testimony. He thought he was down for the count. He thought there was no way out, and some of you right now are wondering if there's a way out for you, financially, maritally, spiritually, physically, You're in the midnight of the soul, but I want to tell you, God is working in ways you can't see. God is always working behind that. Listen, most of what God does, we're not aware of. He he reveals some of what he's doing to us from time to time, but most of the time, God's moving in ways that we don't even know. God was moving in David's life in a way he didn't even know. He woke up one day and and the sun was shining and he was healed and his enemies were defeated. And it was a brand new day. He thought he was down and it was over. But he says, here I am, alive. Wow. I love the way God works. I love when God works suddenly. Suddenly God breaks through. And I'm believing that for you right where you are. Listen, the sun's going to shine again. And God is preparing your deliverance and God is preparing your healing and God is preparing your provision right now as we speak. David's dark night of the soul had faded to the background in light of the deliverance that God had brought. And Jesus talked about this kind of thing. He compared the way a trial can become 
can, can go suddenly away, can suddenly be defeated and suddenly pass, and the sun shines again. He compared it to a woman. He said, it's like a woman suffering the pains of labor. When her child is born, her anguish gives way to joy because she has brought a new baby into the world. Now watch this. The pain of your midnight hour will be forgotten when the Lord causes the sun to shine and a new day is born for you. That's what God does. That's what God does. Folks, this storm will pass. God knew this was coming. And he is Lord even over the storm. Can I say that again? Jesus is Lord even over this storm. You know, I was thinking, I love the Bible. I love the Word of God. I love the incredible narratives that God, by the Holy Spirit, moved on men to write. I'm so glad that both Mark and John wrote about the time that the disciples were told by Jesus to get into a boat. He said, get into this boat and, and, and go to the other side. Get in the boat and go across the sea to the other side. And it says they got in and they shoved off and Jesus did not go with them. Jesus went into a mountaintop and he prayed. He prayed all night long. And the Bible says as they were rowing, they went about three or four miles out. So they were really in about the middle of the sea. And suddenly the Bible says a great wind began to blow. And as God would have it, the wind was blowing against them. It was not behind them, helping them get where they wanted to go, but it was an adverse wind, a contrary wind, blowing into them. And they're trying to row. They didn't have motorboats back then. You know, they didn't have bass boats. This was rowing, and it was hard rowing. And they're, they're trying to row against this wind. And, and, and have you ever felt this way? You're rowing, you're struggling, you're rowing, you're straining at your rowing, but you're not getting anywhere. Do you ever feel that way? You're, you're rowing. You know you, where you want to get. You, you know that God told you to go there, but suddenly there is this resisting wind. You're trying to row and you're not getting anywhere. And they were growing tired and they were growing uh, 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 discouraged. And they didn't know what to do. And the hours stretched on until it reached 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning. And they didn't know what to do anymore. And they're wondering, are we going to make it? Are we going to make it to the other side? Are we just going to sit here in the middle of the sea in discouragement and frustration? And who knows what may happen to us? And it was at that point of discouragement and frustration, Jesus appeared to them walking on the water. Suddenly they see him. They see a figure in the distance. And the Bible says they called it a, fan, a, a phantasm in the Greek language, a phantasm, a phantom, a ghost. They thought it was a ghost. And they looked and they cried out. And Jesus walked right up to them. And I want you to notice something. The very thing that was troubling them, the very thing that was vexing them, the very thing that was threatening them, he was walking on top of. Jesus was walking on top of their trial. Jesus was walking on top of their storm. He wasn't being taken down by it. He wasn't being hindered by it. No, he was Lord over it. And he got into the boat. And what he said to them, he's saying to you and me in the middle of this coronavirus storm, he's saying, be of good cheer. Do not be afraid. Why? 
Because weeping lasts for a night, disciples of mine, but joy comes in the morning. And the Bible says when he got into the boat, they were immediately to the other side of their destination because a supernatural Christ stepped into their problem and took them where they couldn't go in their own strength. And so what I want to share with you this Sunday, right now, right where you are, is Jesus is walking on top of your storm. He's walking on the very thing that vexes you. It may be vexing you, but it's not vexing him. And he is Lord even of the storm. And as he got them to the other side, he's going to get you and me to the other side of this valley. And we're going to come out stronger and purified and praising him. And that's where I want to end today. It brings me to one last thing. When you've been through a a, a dark night of the soul and the sun has suddenly broken through and is shining again, then here's what you're going to see. God's grace has woven a silver lining in the midst and through the middle of this storm. You're going to see that God was working the whole time in ways you couldn't see. And that's why I've called this message the silver lining of grace. Because I've learned through personal experience, and even more importantly, I see in the pages of Scripture that God never wastes a pain. Never. No matter what you and I go through, God never wastes a pain. But he works through our pain to bring lasting gain. We see at the very end of this psalm that David says, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. Not morning time, morning, but my morning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. You've turned my sadness, my mourning, into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and you have clothed me with gladness. Now listen to the next words, to the end. That's another thing I want you to say there in your home, wherever you are, just say those words, to the end, to the end. That's talking about purpose. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth. You have given me gladness. You have literally clothed me with gladness to the end for the purpose that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. Now, fix on those words, to the end. It means for the purpose. He's saying here was the purpose of the the whole trial. You brought me through this trial for the purpose that my soul will sing your praises and not be silent. In other words, God, the end that you are working through, the silver lining of grace is this. No matter what I've gone through, this storm, this dark night of the soul, you were weaving the silver lining of a testimony in my life. You're giving me a testimony. Now, I say it all the time. I'll say it again. A testimony is when you had a test and did some moaning. And that's what gives you a testimony. Because you see, people who don't know Jesus go through trials and sometimes those trials destroy them, ruin them, because there's no operation of grace in their life. There's no Holy Spirit operating in their heart. There's no, uh, no relationship with God and no will of God being worked into their life because they haven't come to Jesus yet. And though they are his creation, they are not his children. You must come to Jesus by faith and ask him into your heart to be a child of God. But when he comes into your heart and you're born again 
and you become his child, then he promises everything. And I mean everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything is made to work together for the good of those who love God and are the call according to his purpose. And David is saying here, he said, in the dark night of the soul, when I thought I was going to die, when I thought my enemies were going to win the battle against me, when it looked like I was down for the count and maybe it was curtains for me, in that dark night, God was weaving the silver line of grace. He was working in ways I couldn't see. He was carrying me onward, upward, and forward. He was not allowing these things to destroy me. He was upholding me, strengthening me, helping me. And he brought me out into a place of joy. And why? To this end, for this purpose, that I would have a testimony of the provision and healing and deliverance of God in my life. And I believe that's what God is doing with his saints in this viral storm. I believe that God is giving a testimony. And you know what? I believe when all this is said and done and and this thing has peaked and and then subsided and faded away like so many others have, I believe that thousands and tens of thousands of Christians around America and the world are gonna have a testimony of God's provision his deliverance, his healing, his keeping power. And brethren, we're going to be purified like silver, purified like gold, and we're going to have our our faith is going to be in a level it was not before the storm. Our maturity is going to be at a level it wasn't before. Our walk with the Lord is going to be tighter, closer, deeper, and we're going to have a testimony because I believe Jesus is walking on top of this storm. He will deliver you. He will provide for you. He will keep you. He will strengthen you. And I'm looking forward to hearing your testimony. Here's the important thing. Maybe you're watching me right now and listening to me and perhaps you used to walk with the Lord closely and you backslid. You just got away. Life happened or there was perhaps some compromises with sin. It's okay. I've been there. I understand. I'm not on here to condemn you. I am here to invite you. Come back to Jesus full, fully and totally and completely with all of your being. Get all in with him because he loves you and he wants to bless you. He wants to guide you. He wants to fellowship with you. What what a perfect time to say, Jesus, forgive me of my folly. Forgive me of my sin and Lord, Restore my relationship with you. And maybe you're watching, you might be over to families, your family's home, Uh, you're you're some in-laws and you came into town so all of you could sort of hunker in your bunker together and have some some time together and, and, and you don't know Jesus. You've never come to Jesus. You've never said, Jesus, forgive me and come into my heart and be my Savior and Lord. You've never done it. And this thing has got you afraid. And maybe you've been thinking about the briefness, the brevity of life like you have not maybe in your whole life. Life is fragile. It's here and it's gone. We have this moment, this time on earth to get right with him. And I'm talking right to you now. 
if that's you, male, female, young, old, rich, poor, whatever race, color, or creed, it does not matter. Christ Jesus, the Savior, died for you on the cross. What's important is not when you leave this world, but how you leave this world. Do you leave it saved or do you leave it lost? Do you leave it a child of God or do you leave it having resisted the grace of God? I want to give you the chance right now to stop whatever you're doing and pray with me. You can do it right where you are. I I pray that you do it. Listen, come to Jesus. Let him forgive you. You need it. I need it. I need his forgiveness. Come to him right now. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. I'm going to ask you just to bow where you are, in your living room, your office, maybe even in your car. I don't know. Maybe you're on a a treadmill and you're watching this later. I want to encourage you to pray with me. Say this simply. Let's go to the Lord. Just say this simply. Jesus, forgive me. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead so that I could be saved. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me all of my sins and be my Savior right now. I look to you to save me. Right now, this moment, I invite you into my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to give us a call and and let us know. And you can call us at 817-293-3111. And just call and say, I prayed with Pastor Jeff, and we want to get some materials to you. And we will get them to you. And, And I pray if you live in the area, when this is all said and done, you'll come visit us at Turning Point. But I pray for the rest of you, dear church, our precious church. We're praying for you. We love you. We miss you. And let's let's just stay with Jesus. Stay tight with him. Get with him every day. Let him encourage you in the place of prayer and in time in the word. And be sure to be uh, spreading the word about watching the messages online. And I look forward to the day we can see you again. Remember, the silver lining of grace is working in your life right now. You're going to have a testimony. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Amen.